The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning, everyone, and I appreciated uh, comments about Paul Farmer and his unfortunate passing, and I was um, very thinking about him today, and yesterday I was thinking, I'm happy that we, as a community, raised uh, that over $30,000 last uh, summer for his organization to end their work in, in Haiti, and uh, Glad we could do it when he was still alive. So um, may his work continue and may our work caring for others continue as well. Inspired by him. So the topic now for the second foundation of mindfulness is a quite a profound topic. And the simple explanation of what it is um, does kind of doesn't uh, clearly indicate how profound it is but there's a way there's a building on or continuing a kind of theme that you find in the teachings of the Buddha around the idea of omniscience there were people who wanted spiritual leaders to be omniscient back in the time of the Buddha and there were apparently some spiritual teachers who claimed a certain kind of omniscience and um, the Buddha was one who didn't uh, so much uh, push things away or deny things. He would accept them and then redefine them in his own terms. So he, he, uh, he didn't say it exactly the way I'm saying it, but um, I'm building on how he says it, that um, um, that he is omniscient and all of us can be omniscient in a, in a particular way. We can know something about everything. And that something is we can know the feeling tone of every experience we have. And it, no matter what the experience is, it's, um, it's either pleasant or, or unpleasant or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. So there's no, you know, in terms of uh, the hedonic tone, those are the three options. There might be many other features of our experience besides the hedonic tone, but uh, that tonality has those three characteristics. And um, and so you know something about everything if you know its tone, its feeling tone. And to get a handle and to recognize feeling tone as it arises, in all kinds of can be, situation can be very complicated, and. Um, and then you realize, oh, this is a very unpleasant situation. It's just unpleasant. And that recognizing the unpleasantness of it gives mindfulness a place to land or to settle or to open so that the mind is not jumping around or confused or chasing after trying to understand it or analyze it or, you know, just track what's going on and allow something to settle. Uh, same thing with something that's pleasant, right? Oh, this is really pleasant. And um, and uh, no wonder that I'm leaning forward so much. And so uh, to be able to, um, and then to be able to recognize the reactions we have with pleasant and unpleasant is uh, tremendously useful. It turns out the very high percentage of human reactivity 
of wanting and not wanting is not based on the sophisticated analysis of the situation, but rather on the very simple, almost amoeba-like idea of going towards what's pleasant and away from what's unpleasant. And if we could watch that movement for and against and see it clearly before we live in it or are pushed around by it, um, there's a lot of freedom that can be found. And more than freedom, there can be a lot of uh, deep understanding about ourselves, like opens a, a do- window, a door, to a deeper, deeper understanding of ourselves. And this is what this second foundation is about, is my, in my understanding, my interpretation, is that um, um, there's a transition here in the second foundation from attention to the body to the attention to the mind. And the mind being something, the citta being something deep inside. There's a movement to what's a little bit more peripheral, uh, to what's deeper inside. In the first foundation where the breathing, the postures, the activities which the body does. And then there's this use of uh, the imagination or use of reflection to consider the parts of the body and to consider the elements of the body and consider what it's like for the body to be there without any sensations at all. And then, um, and now, uh, we come, we're kind of a rebirth in the second foundation where following the corpse meditation that we did last week, um, I think there can be a heightened sensitivity, heightened interest now in the sensations that are evidence that we're alive. And so there's a heightened kind of, oh, this is some, this is, you know, you know, this is some, something to appreciate and value. And, um, and as we go into the, uh, the, um, the feeling tones, we're actually beginning to get into the deeper functioning of the mind, deeper qualities of the mind. And, uh, we'll see in a, in a day or two that this very, trend, this very, um, uh, foundation of feeling tone uh, makes a distinction between uh, uh, that which is of the flesh, that which is kind of surface, and that which is uh, dharmic, that the uh, dharmic feelings, the uh, deeper deeper mind, what's going on in a deeper way. And this transition from what's more surface, sensual uh, feelings, to what's more non-sensual or deeper in the mind, deeper in our kind of inner life, is a phenomenal transition that happens in this second foundation. But at first we want to just understand a little bit the, these, uh, these three tones, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. The word for, ple- for, uh, for uh, pleasant is sukha, S-U-K-H-A, and, uh, and unpleasant is dukkha. Uh, often we translate that as suffering. And um, D-U-K-K-H-A, the most literal meaning of dukkha is pain, and sukha is happiness, and uh, and then by by application it becomes because it is a, uh, such a broad range of feeling tones. Rather than making it pain and happiness or uh, pain and pleasure, it's pleasant and unpleasant to capture the subtlety. But you have to remember it also uh, applies to the most intense versions of those. And at first, uh, the uh, the focus is much more on uh, sensual pleasant and unpleasantness. That's why sensuality, uh, you, I guess you can have pleasure, um, but um, 
where the difference is between pleasant and pleasure probably has a lot to do with how much we lean into it, how much we get caught in it and uh, involved in it. And uh, there's less involvement with the pleasant and unpleasant. But pleasant and unpleasant is, uh, is understood in Buddhism to be a quality of the mind. And um, it's not just purely physical. And this was a confusion I had in my early years of studying Buddhism. I thought pleasant and unpleasant was a, a purely a physical reaction to things that had nothing to do with um, my evaluation of it. But if I read deeper in the suttas, it's actually a little more complicated. And it's not just, we're not innocent bystanders of pleasant and unpleasant. There can be a subtle leaning into it or formation or prioritization of it or preference going on in the very idea of pleasant and unpleasant. Um, and um, that it's not completely only a physical phenomena. The mind participates in the formation of pleasant and unpleasant. And so this points to how we're now beginning to dip our toe into the deeper well of our inner life or our life, that, that the feeling tone is not just physical and mechanical, it involves uh, a, a um, mutuality, a reaction, a, res- a, a, a pro- mental processes as well, as well are touched as we feel pleasant and unpleasant. We don't have to understand all how this works, but... Um, but we want to be able to start appreciating that pleasant and unpleasant uh, comes off the tongue quite easily as just something that seems hedonistic or seems uh, distant from um, the full sophisticated life we live or the full range of happiness and unhappiness that we might experience. But to begin um, keeping it that simple and begin to recognize how often and how much we're re- reacting to pleasant and unpleasant. Sometimes we're react- reacting to what is neither pleasant or unpleasant. Um, we begin finding we have more choice to not react or to, or, or to step back in a broader awareness where the awareness is not the reaction. The awareness just knows the reaction. And this develops and strengthens mindfulness a lot. And this is kind of the direction we're going to in Satipatthana. We're going to cultivate, we're moving in the direction of cultivating an awareness that can observe the experience or can be wide enough to hold the experience. And so pleasant, unpleasant, liking and not liking, wanting and not wanting can all be just seen through awareness, through mindfulness and known. No, and and it makes a world of difference to see it and to know it. So, um, the, um, and finally I'll say that, uh, and, and I, I suspect that the way I'm teaching it today, maybe you don't get a sense of um, it, its full value. For the Buddha, there were uh, uh, this Vedana, which is a Pali word for feeling tone, um, V-E-D-A-N-A, is um, one of the... Uh, he points to this as being one of the most important pivot points for our experience. It's kind of like there's a funnel, uh, an hourglass, and and the neck is uh, where the feeling tones are. Everything goes through that neck. And um, 
there's all these different things that go through, but everything has to go through the neck of feeling tones before it uh, it fans out again in the hourglass. And um, so he, Buddha pointed to feeling tones as having this central foundational role for mindfulness practice, for getting a handle on our experience and becoming free. And um, he, pointed to, he, he pointed to this as an alter, alternative to getting wrapped up in uh, philosophical enterprises of his times, philosophies and interpretations, speculation about metaphysics and spirituality. He was pointing to direct experience, and in particular he pointed to this feeling tone as being so important to help us become free, to understand what's going on in a deeper way. And, and then finally, uh, the structure of the Satipatthana Sutta is feeling tone is the, uh, is the um, seventh exercise. So there's six before and six afterwards. And so feeling tone's right in the middle. It's the pivot. And we'll see as next few days this pivot that goes on um, as we get deeper into the feeling tone of our experience. So... Um, um, so here we go, second foundation of mindfulness, and um, and I hope that uh, you'll appreciate how wonderfully significant it is to bring mindfulness to this part of our life. Thank you. <laughs>